Adam's Deep Sleep, Part 1, The Cross is Our Battle Standard. Samson Destroys the Temple. Quote from Judges 16. Rejoicing in their celebration, having now taken food, they instructed that Samson be called, and that he be mocked before them. And having been brought from prison, he was mocked before them. And they caused him to stand between two pillars. And he said to the boy who was guiding his steps, Permit me to touch the pillars which support the entire house and to lean against them, so that I may rest a little. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the leaders of the Philistines were there, as well as about three thousand persons of both sexes on the roof and in the upper level of the house, who were watching Samson being mocked. Then, calling upon the Lord, he said, O Lord God, remember me, and restore to me now my former strength, O my God, so that I may avenge myself against my enemies, and so that I may receive one vengeance for the deprivation of my two eyes. And taking hold of both the pillars on which the house rested, and holding one with his right hand and the other with his left, he said, May my life die with the Philistines. And when he had shaken the pillars strongly, the house fell upon all the leaders and the rest of the multitude who were there. And he killed many more in his death than he had killed before in his life. Close quote. If Moses shows us the victory of Christians is absolutely assured, Samson shows us that the defeat of Christ's enemies is equally certain. Although logically the one entails the other, still, for our weak, distracted minds, it is good to have both definitively portrayed. The same two sides of one single reality are prayed after each holy mass. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. It is not two actions, to introduce light and to dispel darkness. It is one action. Also, an infusion of sanctifying grace into the soul by baptism, or confession, always entails the obliteration of sin. There is one single act, but both aspects are worth spelling out for our understanding. So having seen Moses and Joshua gain the victory, we now see with Samson not the glory of the victory, but the dramatic destruction of the wicked. Samson prefigures Jesus in his birth, life and death. Samson's miraculous conception and birth were announced to his mother by the message of an angel. He was a Nazarene, moved by the Spirit of the Lord. And as Solomon was the wisest of men till Jesus, so Samson was the strongest until Jesus, gaining easy victories over his enemies for the salvation of his people. In the closing chapter of his life, his enemies are seeking to kill him, as they sought to kill Jesus. But it was not so easy to kill him before he was ready to lay down his life. Several times, Samson's enemies sought to defeat him in his sleep, but Samson overcame sleep 
as Jesus overcame death. The first time, quote, Samson slept until the middle of the night, and rising up from there, he took both doors from the gate with their posts and bars, and laying them upon his shoulders, he carried them to the top of the hill that looks toward Hebron. Close quote. Shall we think of Jesus carrying his cross up Calvary when we read Samson, judge of Israel, carried on his shoulders gateposts and bars, all made of wood, up a hill? The gateposts he carried are denoted by the same word as the doorposts marked by the blood of the Lamb before the Exodus, and their bars use the same term as those which surrounded the tabernacle where God dwells among man. Together, the posts and bars form the vertical and horizontal of a cross, God among us securing our exodus. This scene with Samson imaging the cross and Calvary is bound up with the resurrection. While Samson was sleeping, his enemies had posted guards all around him, keeping watch all night, just as Jesus' body was guarded while lying in the tomb. Then for Samson, rising up, cum, in the middle of the night, we have the same root word which in Aramaic Jesus used for the resurrection of the dead, talita kumi. Pope St. Gregory the Great explains, quote, What does the city of Gaza signify? if not hell, the abode of the dead. What is shown by the Philistines, if not the mistaken confidence of the Jews? For when the Jews saw that the Lord was dead and his body placed in the tomb, they posted guards around it. They were delighted that Jesus, whom the author of life had glorified, was now held captive by the gates of death, just as the Philistines were exultant that they had imprisoned Samson in Gaza. However, in the middle of the night, Samson not only escaped, but carried the gates away with him. Just so did our Redeemer, rising again before it was light, not only walk free out of death and of hell, but also destroy hell's very gates. Close quote. Saint Caesarius of Arles observes Samson did not return the gates, signifying death lost its power, and that Jesus going up the hill indicates not Calvary, but the Mount of Olives for his ascension. So the mysteries of Christ's passion, resurrection and ascension are inseparable. Four times while Samson slept, his consort Delilah sought to betray him into the hands of his enemies so that they could kill him. On the third attempt, we read of her fixing with a pin Samson's woven hair, believing this would rob him of his strength. It sounds innocuous, but these are the same two words used for jail, driving the peg into Sisera's skull. The difference is that Samson prefigures Jesus, while Sisera prefigures the Antichrist. That time Samson escaped, Sisera did not. So Jesus overcomes death, the Antichrist will not. Sick of being betrayed by his lover, 
Samson chose to surrender himself into the hands of his enemies. He told Delilah the secret of his strength, knowing she would betray him, foreshadowing Jesus, knowing he would be betrayed by one who kissed him, Judas. Here we approach Samson's clearest prefiguration of the passion of Christ. Not yet forty years old, like Jesus, handed over by a friend, tortured and mocked, we read, quote, and taking hold of both the pillars on which the house rested, and holding one with his right hand and the other with his left, he said, May my life die with the Philistines. And when he had shaken the pillars strongly, the house fell upon all the leaders and the rest of the multitude who were there, and he killed many more in his death than he had killed before in his life. Close quote. Thus, the warrior dies, arms fully outstretched left and right, as Moses unmoved by his enemies, as Jesus surrounded by mockers. The Philistines had plucked out his eyes, which we may take for the connection with sleep, death, being unseeing. The Septuagint uses exactly the same word for Samson leaning on the pillars as for the Lord leaning on Jacob's ladder, which we have already seen depicts the cross. Again, the same root is used for the Philistine temple leaning on its pillars. They support it. The house Samson brought down, for Samson lent on them with greater force. For their feast, the Philistine sport cost them their temple and their lives. So for the Pascha, the decision of the Sanhedrin would cost them their temple and their souls. The final work of this strongest of men was such that he killed many more in his death than he had killed before in his life. Mutatis Mutandis, the consummating work of the strongest of all men, our Redeemer Jesus, is that he saved many more by his death than he had healed in his life. So Samson won a little rest. Jesus won eternal rest. Some say Samson the Nazarite is hardly a foreshadowing of Jesus of Nazareth because his life involved so much violence and sin. But I think he extends hope to all of us, especially those with a messy life and those who only at the end turn to Christ. St. Paul writes that if we die to the world, in that we consider the things that are above, not the things that are upon the earth, then your life is hidden with Christ in God. The scriptures assure us Samson is in heaven. See Hebrews 11. We have seen Christ's life was hidden in Samson. Therefore, Samson's life is now hidden with Christ in God. So we may interpolate, when Christ, our life, appears, then Samson also will appear with him in glory. The wicked, that is the unrepentant, evidently will not. Thanks be to God, we are given every chance to repent, as we see next in the book of Jonah. The short book shows more clearly than Samson 
that the warfare of life is spiritual. It is against sin, death and hell. It further illustrates that there is no escape from the cross. Yet we should never wish to escape it anyway. Rather, we ought to always maintain unshakable hope, even in the most awful of situations, for everything is under God's providence. Sailors, storms, sea beasts and cities, everything is in God's good hands.